Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. With all due respect, I reject your theory completely. But you know what? There needs to be some backlash to this. This would be disastrous. There really has to be a better way. And I think the biggest question here is, what the hell is going on? The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414-799-1620. Move for present. Get in the race. Will he run? And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Actually, that's a good way to start off the program. What the hell is going on? Um, A lot of news to discuss, a lot of breaking stories. An abbreviated program today. We're out of here at a little bit before 2 o'clock because the Brewers... Try to wind up the road trip from you know where and figure out a way to maybe score more than one run. I've got a suggestion. Maybe you could bring that second baseman that was hitting. Maybe bring him back. A lot of the wheels started coming off, of course, after they sent him down. And I'm not saying you have to get rid of Jesus Aguiar, who's hitting 202, or Travis Shaw, who's hitting 176. But I don't know. If you got a guy who's hitting 280, maybe one of those 13 pitchers, maybe you could send one of them down. Just, just saying before this season slips away. All right. We will continue to keep you updated all afternoon about the mess on the freeway. Let me make this really, really clear. If If you are planning to go either north or south on I-94 for the foreseeable future, you want to avoid the freeway at all costs in Racine County. Don't even think about it. It is a mess. We're looking at the traffic cameras. There has been a major, major accident. You've got both the northbound and the southbound lanes clogged. There is a truck which appears to be on fire hanging from the freeway. There's ambulances. It's just an absolute mess. The people who are going southbound are trapped on there. Now, keep in mind, this is this is this area where we always have these problems because there's this massive road construction project. There's three narrow lanes going each way, and there's no room for emergency vehicles to get there. There's no shoulder that people can get passed on. So the only thing that's going to happen is, especially for people who are going southbound, is they're in all likelihood going to have to wait till they clear this up. And like I say, there appears to me that this truck is still on fire. Um, th- who knows how long that is going to take? There's ambulances. You know, we're having some reports that there were some injuries, so that is always going to take some time as well. Um, I guess theoretically, in a perfect world, maybe what they do is they they try to back up and turn around some of these vehicles that are stuck going south on the freeway and let them go north in the southbound lane and get off. But it's packed. There's three lanes. It's lots of trucks. I don't think there's enough room to do that. So, again, don't even think about the freeway, either north or south in Racine County. Find an alternative route. A number of people are texting saying, tell people to go west. Just just go west and go a ways west and then work your way down. Um, at least, and again, you know, who knows how long this is going to be, but I, I would not be surprised. It is now 12-12. It would not be surprised if when I sign off around 2 o'clock, we are still looking at exactly the same thing. So you have been warned, don't, don't even try it. Avoid the freeway in Racine County. Figure out an alternate route. Save yourself some angst. All right. I want to I want to start off actually with a follow up to something we started off with yesterday. And I admit these stories make me absolutely bat crap crazy. There, there's no question about it. But but it, it it's got to stop. 
And the only way we can get it to stop, I believe, is if enough of us get upset enough that we contact the legislators and put pressure on the judges and put pressure on the DAs and change the laws to get these things rectified. All right, I am talking, of course, about the story of the off-duty Milwaukee, uh, city of Milwaukee police officer who was killed 1.30 in the morning or so, two days ago, 60th and Capitol. He's crossing Capitol Drive when a car driven by a 34-year-old man, uh, interestingly, as a side note, the, the, he hasn't been charged yet, so a lot of news outlets won't identify him. The Journal Sentinel has an online story where they identify the guy, but they use the wrong name. <laughs> they use the wrong name. Um, they, they've The name that the Journal Sentinel uses is Dante L. Jones, and then midway through the story, they refer to him as Dante L. James. It, it's actually James, but they refer to him on multiple occasions by the wrong name. But, but regardless, 34-year-old guy with four prior convictions for drunk driving blows through a red light some of the witnesses statements suggested he might have been going as fast as 90 miles an hour slams into this car driven by the milwaukee police officer who's coming home from a shift he is dead james is in custody now all right so the, the dad there's a number of dazzling details here his fourth drunk driving conviction was in 2017 i have been trying to figure out what judge sentenced him, and, and I haven't been able to figure that out so far. The district attorney, John Chisholm, as is his want, he's washing his hands of the whole affair. He tells Channel 4, well, you know, we prosecuted him, but, you know, what happens after that? It's not, it's not my problem. His sentence back in 2017 for his fourth drunk driving offense was an, an insult. Two years of probation, one year in jail with work release privileges. His license was revoked for three years, and he was to have an interlock ignition on his car, meaning he must pass a breathalyzer test before being able to start his car. That was his order in 2017. All right, so obviously that did not stop him from driving, blowing through that red light and hitting and killing the police officer. All right, so you've got a problem there. But here is the dazzling detail that I cannot get past. Now, keep in mind, this is a guy who does not have a driver's license. The driver's license was revoked, right? He's not supposed to be driving a car. He's on probation for drunken driving. You following me? All right. So let, let's let's forget about the slap on the wrist sentence that, that he got in 2017. He's on probation. He's supposed to have an ignition interlock, but he's not supposed to be driving in the first place. Where am I going with this? Well, apparently, April 28th, April 28th of this year, April 28th of 2019, James received a ticket for $174 for speeding, speeding near the same location. All right. <laughs> now, let's, let's just back up and review the bidding here. Here you have somebody who's on, not entitled to drive, okay? Not entitled to drive. He's apparently stopped. On April 28th, he gets a ticket for speeding and then is sent on his way. All right, how in the world, 
How in the world can something like this happen? He's not allowed to drive. His license is revoked. He's on probation for fourth offense drunk driving. He gets stopped and nothing happens to him. This is a ticket on April 28th. Why wasn't he taken into custody or on a parole hold or a probation hold or whatever right then? Um, I'm also told one of the TV stations was reporting that in addition to the speeding ticket, he got a $10 citation. Let me get it here. A $10 citation for driving without insurance. Okay, gee, gee, he didn't have insurance. Well, gee, he probably didn't have the ignition interlock. He didn't have a driver's license. I'm surprised he's driving without insurance. But, But how could he continue to drive? We had contact with him. He was stopped for speeding on April 28th. Why was he still on the streets? Our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, look, I'm, 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 I'm not blaming police. At some point in time, I might blame the court system and the DAs. But, but all I know is you have a dysfunctional system. He shouldn't have been out on the street in the first place. Probation was apparently a joke because it didn't stop him from driving. The order that he have an ignition interlock was a joke. And when you catch a man with this record who doesn't have a driver's license for speeding, how can you not arrest him and how can he not be held for some sort of probation revocation? What is the purpose of all this if we're just going to look the other way and let people who don't have licenses, who are on probation, who aren't allowed to be doing this, continue to do it? And the reality is this guy was clearly driving on a regular sort of basis And if, I don't know, somewhere along the line, he had either been in prison or alternatively, he had been taken and was on some sort of hold like he should have been after he got caught on April 28th, he would not have been in a position to crash through that red light a couple nights ago. That is just the reality. This is a complete and total failure of the system, in my opinion. And we've got to say enough is enough. I guess I, I'm kind of tired of listening to all these excuses. I hear the district attorney washing his hands. Well, you know, we, we, we prosecute him. I can't help it what the judges do. Well, okay, why wasn't this guy taken into custody and held after the April 28th speeding situation? He should not have been on the road. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in just a minute. I mean, I don't know what heads should roll, but I will tell you, heads should roll in connection with this. This is Jeff Wagner. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. If you're just tuning in, the, the, the dazzling detail, the guy who blew through the red light at 1.30 in the morning and hit and killed the off-duty Milwaukee police officer. Fourth offense, he four convictions for drunk driving. Um, he had, he was on, his license was gone, had been revoked. He was supposed to have an ignition interlock, all those things, and he was driving. All, all right, but, but the dazzling detail is, on April 28th, in the immediate vicinity of where this accident occurred, he was stopped for speeding. Right, And my question is, how does somebody on probation for fourth offense drunk driving, who's not supposed to be driving, um, get stopped for speeding, and then he's just sent on his way? Why wasn't this guy put in handcuffs? Why wasn't there efforts made to revoke the probation or whatever he was on? If that would have happened, well, he wouldn't have been in a position to blow through that red light. 
What a, just a complete failure of the system. And my frustration is, I think stuff like this happens all the time. Pat in Milwaukee. Pat, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks, Jeff, for Hi, taking Pat. the call. Sure. This this problem is, you know, and I'm a Republican, ran for office, but this problem is sits solely on uh, Robin Boss and Scott Fitzgerald's family, uh, and and Senator Craig's hands as well. We need a property seizure law that four strikes, four plus strikes, and the car and the automobile is taken away from. I I I, and, I, I agree and, with you. And a, in conjunction with that, an enabler law that if you're giving your vehicle, if you're renting your vehicle, if you're providing a vehicle for work to people, uh, yep, you, you risk it being taken away. Yep. And we. What happened a few years ago is we changed the law. You know, our, our my colleagues changed the laws, and they they took that property seizure away yep. power away from law enforcement. Right. The, I, I uh, no, Pat. I, I, you're you're right. I no, I agree with you completely. I, I've been arguing this for the longest time. Multiple offense, drunk driving. I I think number one, you seize the you seize the vehicle in a situation where you catch somebody driving without driver's licenses. I would argue that you should seize the vehicle there. In this particular case, you don't even have to go that far, though. The guy should have been seized if, in fact, it's true that on April 28th he was stopped for speeding while with on while driving on a, a revoked license while on probation for fourth offense drunk driving why why wasn't he back in prison i mean he's violated his probation by doing precisely what it was that got him caught in the first place i mean you can't just here oh we're, we're going to give you a 174 dollar ticket and a 10 dollar citation for driving without um for driving without insurance you i mean Put the bracelets on him. Haul him in. Now, if the DA's office won't go for revocation, all right, that's fine. If a judge doesn't want to revoke him, let's start naming names and start to get rid of these judges. But, you know, at some point in time, I think the general public has to say we're sick and tired of having our lives endangered by this. Jason in Mequon. Jason, you're on WTMJ. Afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Jason. I don't know what the hell is going on down there, but up here, you know, it's automatically a year if you get busted for driving revoked. I mean, you do not just get to walk away from that situation. You're going, you're going in. Well, yeah, you you would well you would think, and that only that only makes sense. I mean, and and this isn't this isn't just somebody who's driving with a revoked license because they didn't pay a couple traffic tickets. This is somebody fourth offense OWI on probation who's driving a car. You know, and my yeah. guess is there wasn't an inter- ignition interlock in the thing, and you give him a ten dollar ticket for driving without insurance. Well, if he wasn't on the street. You know, he wouldn't have been in a position to blow through a red light a couple nights ago. Exactly. No, no, thanks. It, and it's, it's, it, I mean, and, and that's why I say, I mean, heads should roll. I mean, I, I think it's, in, why wasn't he taken into custody? Why wasn't their immediate revocation action started? Do we not revoke people for this? I mean, maybe, maybe that's just the reality of it, that this isn't how the system works. And Jeff, don't you understand? The jails are full. How can we, I mean, just because it's a fourth offense drunk driver and, and he's still driving, well, we just give him a ticket. How can we revoke the probation on something like that? Where are we going to put him? Well, you put him in jail. Because if you don't put them in jail, what's going to happen is they're going to get drunk and they're going to blow through a red light and somebody will end up dead. Why don't people wake up to this? This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
And we will, of course, continue to keep you updated about uh, the status of what is going on the freeway. My, my best advice, and looking at the traffic cameras, I, I advise you to take this, is that if you want to go north or south and you would normally go on I-94 in Racine County, stay as far as you way, away from the freeway as you possibly can. It is just an absolute mess, and it looks like it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. A number of our texters are saying, tell people to go to go west and then try to figure out a way to work their way south and then rejoin the freeway later on. You, you just want no part of what's going on in, uh, in Racine County right at the moment. All right, President Trump is getting a lot of criticism for a tweet he sent out last week saying that, well, there was going to be a mass immigration action and that uh, next week ICE will begin the process of removing millions of illegal aliens who have illicitly found their way into the United States. He offered no specifics. Right, wait, here's apparently what he was referring to. The estimates are that there are 11 to 12 million people that are in this country illegally. Of those 11 to 12 million, there are about 1 million who have been through the court system, who have been received final orders of deportation. You know, they've tried to argue maybe they should be entitled to stay, et cetera, et cetera, but it's been through the courts, they've lost, and they've been told that they have to leave. So there is a final order of deportation that's out there. In large measure, all these folks have had their due process, and they've been told to leave, but they haven't left. So what President Trump appears to be referring to, and it's not millions of people, but it might be as many as a million, many of whom have kind of like disappeared into the woodwork, but others, immigration knows where they are. So if you have a situation where you have somebody who is in this country illegally, who has received due process, who has been through the system, has been ordered deported, but has chosen not to go, ignoring that court order, President Trump now appears ready to order that immigration start targeting those people who are here after they've received their final orders of deportation. Now, this is creating this huge outrage in the New York Times and the Washington Post and all these, you know, immigration rights groups are appalled and offended, saying, well, this this could disrupt families, et cetera, et cetera. Right, 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, I, I think there, there's a lot to perhaps criticize the president for on his, in his approach to immigration, and I don't care where you stand on building the wall and things like that. But, I mean, I guess I liken this to all sorts of other things. If you, for example, you, you know, you're not paying your mortgage on your house, and you stay and you stay and you stay, and you get a notice telling you the house has been foreclosed and you have to be gone by the end of the month and then two months later you're still there right do you have a complaint if the sheriff comes and tosses you out you have ignored the lawful orders of the court after receiving due process similarly i look at this and say okay maybe this is the low-hanging fruit on the immigration point of perspective but if you have somebody who's been through the system who's received an order of deportation and has decided that they are going to I don't know treat that order of deportation like people treat traffic tickets in the city of Milwaukee which is ball them up throw them away I'm sorry I'm not sympathetic to you 414-799-1620 that's the accurate mortgage talk and text line is there any justification for not 
trying to identify, catch, and deport people who have already been through the system and have been ordered deported. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I say, I understand there's all sorts of controversial things that are out there, but if a judge has told you, you got to leave, and the judge has given you 30 days to leave, and now it's a year later or it's two years later, the mere fact that immigration hasn't gone to try to find you yet, that's not a justification. If anything, you could argue that you've had the benefit of staying in this country an extra six months or year or two years or whatever beyond where you should have. 414-799-1620. I'm with Trump on this one. Mark the tape. We discuss in just a moment. If you want to join us, once again, 414-799-1620. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Eric, am I, am I watching the, have they, the southbound traffic that's stuck, and it's, it's, it's a lot of semis. They've kind of kicked out the, the barrier wall in between the southbound and northbound, and they're letting vehicles, one at a time, extremely slowly, Go through the yep. bear and make a U-turn, and then presumably, okay, that's what they're doing. So those but, semi trucks need a lot of space oh, in order to maneuver uh, that, and through a very small area mm-hmm. to make that U-turn. So this is a very slow process. In the in the two minutes that you just talked about to describe it, I've seen two vehicles right. get through that. And so, one thing to point out too: this is just for those folks that are still stuck in this. The, the, oh, right. The actual accident and the the debris and the crash site is still very much there, and right. will take a long time to clear. Right. Yeah. So, and this is just a little bit before that. So they're trying to figure out a way to get these vehicles southbound that are stuck off the freeway. And this, and again, it's part of it is because again, it's very close in there. There, there's no, there's no shoulders. There's just no right. nothing. Right. Yep. To, to do this. So. As we have been telling you, give yourself a break. And if you're if you got to go north or south, just forget about the freeway in, mm-hmm. in Racine County and and go further west. Because even I think if you try to take some of the fr- the frontage roads close to the freeway, those are all mm-hmm. two lane roads that are blocked up. And we certainly can understand if someone is cursing right now, frustrated with this whole situation. But keep in mind that this did not end very well for a few people today. And we'll get you more details on that when it becomes available. But this is a devastating crash. Yeah, 414-799-1620. We're we're talking about, all right, President Trump creates all this angst last week when he says, okay, immigration is going to start these deportation procedures. We'll get rid of millions of people who are in this country illegally. Well, as it turns out, what he appears to be talking about is instructions to start enforcing existing deportation orders. These are people who have been in the country illegally. They have had due process. They have been through the court system. They have been ordered deported, and they have chosen not to go. All right, that's who's apparently going to be targeted. I'm sorry. I, you, you know, you can argue about the right or wrong of our immigration system, but you know, if you've been through the court system, if you've had due process, if you've been told to go, yeah, then it's time to go. And if if you've the fact that you've stayed here for another two years and maybe developed ties, well, you probably should have left two years ago. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's start with uh, Sue in Cedarburg. Sue, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. Um, yes. They need to go. They've had their due process, and they need to go. We need to start protecting our borders. Trust me, I've had visas for many other countries, and when my visa is up, trust me, 
I have to be gone, and they know it, and they make sure you're gone. And well, yeah. we need to do the same thing. Well, well, right, exactly. I mean, you you try to, I mean, try to imagine trying to overstay a visa in France or in Spain or in Germany or whatever a week after your visa is over expired. If that, somebody's going to be knocking on your door, and they're going to say Absolutely. you got to be gone in forty eight hours. And if you're not gone in forty eight hours, they're going to send you away in forty eight hours. That's exactly right. So we need to protect our borders just like every other country does. Right. No, thanks for calling. And now, look, I, I understand there are logistical problems that, that deal with this because you, you don't just put somebody on an airplane. What you do is you apprehend them, you send them to a detention center, and then you send them back. And right now the detention centers are, are full, so there's a logistical issue. But if the alternative is just ignoring this, I don't see that as a valid alternative. Rain in, 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 in Indianapolis, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I just uh, wanted to share some of my experiences being a Spanish speaker working in restaurants. I mean, it is insane, just in Milwaukee. I mean, you talk to them, it's just like, oh, it's so illegal, we. you know, or like, yo tengo mis peles, you know, they're, they, they're apprehended in Phoenix, and then they're just let go. I mean, somebody told me that. I was just completely baffled by it. I'm like, how do you come here illegally? Like you say, you try to do that in Western Europe. Right. Uh, you know, they're not going to let you go. Like, you, they just let them go. It's like, oh, my family bailed me out, and, you know, now I'm here. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand how people people can, you know, they get their Social Security numbers from somebody else, and then they, they're able to get their money. How is the government not on top of that? How are well, they able to just, well, yeah, and then they're here for 20 years, and then you say, oh, well, they, you know, they live their lives, and they have these families. It's like, yeah, that's great and everything. But what about the, you know, 200,000 people waiting at the end of the line, you know, trying to do it legally? It's just, I, I don't get it. No, it, I mean, thanks for calling. And that's why, look, and again, I, I, I think it is fair to criticize President Trump for some of the things he, he's done with regard to the whole immigration issue. If you're a regular listener, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of the wall. And I thought, you know, using emergency powers to try to take money to build the wall, I thought that set a very, very bad precedent. But in this particular case, for people who have been ordered deported, for people who have exhausted their appeals and have just decided I'm going to ignore that order, I see no justification for it. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't. And if it means it's going to disrupt a family, all right, well, maybe you should have thought of that because the truth is you've had all this time to make these plans. You knew this day was coming. It's no different than, I don't know, the person who's, again, you've got you've got a, you, you're, you're ordered to go to prison, all right? You know, you're, you've got to do two years in prison for drunk driving or whatever, although that wouldn't happen in Wisconsin. We know that. So you've got to do that. We'll give you 30 days to get your affairs in order. Well, okay, that's like saying on the 30th day, well, I'm not going to go. I've decided I'm not going to go because I haven't made arrangements for this or that or the other. No, you don't get to make that call. Julie in Kenosha. Julie, you're on WTMJ. Hi, good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Julie. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I think this is a no-brainer. People uh, are deported. They've been given due process. It's time to go. Yeah, it, it, it is really... It is really that simple, isn't it? <laughs> you know, at the end at, at the end of the day, you know, you you've you've had your day in court, you've lost, you've been told to leave. Okay, what what's to miss about that? Exactly. One of the things I was telling your screener, something that I think we could do something about is the cost for US citizenship. That's now been uh, in twenty nineteen it's now seven hundred and twenty five dollars. So I think we could do something about that. Mm-hmm. That's something we could do. Well, I, I also think, I mean, don't get me wrong, Julie, and thanks a lot for the call. I mean, I think, 
I think, you know, one of the disappointments of the last couple of years has been the inability of people to, and this is both Republicans and Democrats, to be able to reason together and come up with a, a reasonable, some reasonable solutions when it comes to immigration. And, and there, there was an opportunity, maybe at the beginning of the Trump administration, but the Democrats didn't want to take it, and maybe the Republicans didn't pursue it aggressively enough. The idea that here's what we'll do: we understand that we've got to stop the flow of illegal aliens into this country, so we're going to tighten up border security, make it easier to stop people from coming in. And then the flip side of that is for the people who have been in this country, for example, the dreamers, maybe we'll cut some way so that there is a path to, if not citizenship, at least legal residency. That that deal should have been made and, and it didn't get made and it's a disappointment. But that doesn't matter. You've got a court order that says you have to go. You got to go. Jim in Wauwatosa. Hi, Jim. Hey, Jeff. Um, I think one of the reasons why one, and there are several, but uh, you just touched on them. One of the reasons why we have immigration issues uh, to this day is we're not holding people accountable. A lady mentioned uh, about overstaying visas. We haven't enforced that. Yep. Uh, I think that's why our crime rate is so high. We have no accountability with criminals. And so you get repeat offenders or repeat uh, drunk drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if we let our kids not be punished for bad behavior, where would where would we be? We'd be p- poor parents, and I think the government has been poor for not enforcing uh, sanctions on uh, people that are here illegally. Well, well, exactly. No, no, see, I'm with you. Thanks. You, you you talk about the whole visa process. You know, we a, a lot of times we we focus on the the people who come into this country illegally. Let's remember who perpetrated nine eleven. They were people who came into this country on visas, limited period visas, stay in this country for 60 or 90 days, and then, you know, then they, ju- they just disappeared. And, and we didn't track them. You know, we do, and, and by the way, we haven't gotten any, we have not gotten appreciably better over the last two decades at, at doing that. We are one of the, in my opinion, worst countries in the, in the world at trying to track what happened. You look at a lot of foreign countries, you go in on a visa, they know where you are. And they know when that visa expires. Here in the United States, you come in on the visa, so you enter legally, but then you you just kind of disappear into the framework of the country, and we don't do a good job of finding you. I mean, we need to tighten these things up. I thought maybe we learned some of that lesson after 9-11, but I, I obviously was wrong. Okay, bottom line is, like I say, it's fair to criticize President Trump for lots of stuff. And in this particular case, he sends out a tweet which overstates the matter. Um, we're going to be deporting millions of people. Well, no, because the, the estimates I see say that after, out of 11 or 12 million people in this country illegally, there's probably about a million who have deportation orders that are final. There's maybe a little bit more that still have an appeal or something left. But he's talking about going after those people. So hyperbole aside, I, I think – I think he's on to something. All right, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. We want to. I want to revisit the latest story out of Shorewood. They're not going quietly into the good night when it comes to Chris Abley's house. A follow-up on a story we talked about, about how big is too big when it comes to an American flag and much more. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 
good afternoon, Wisconsin. Just because they are getting some of the cars off the freeway, don't that, that doesn't mean this is cleared up. Um, it just means that they're trying to figure out ways to get some of the vehicles that have been stuck on the freeway for the last couple hours off. And th- this is just absolutely bizarre. As, as Eric was describing, okay, the, the southbound lane blocked, and that's where the huge backup has been. What they've done is they've kind of kicked out that median, and so to the extent semis can turn around, they're letting them make U-turns. Now, in addition to that, they have some semis that are backing up, going on reverse on the freeway, and you have cars that were going southbound that they've somehow managed to get enough room to turn them around so they're, in some cases, driving mm-hmm. northbound in the southbound lane, all to just get off the freeway. It's... Right. it's um, it's not something you see typically. <laughs> not only, Jeff, is this a devastating accident where you have two semis involved. You have one of them hanging off the interstate in the northbound lanes, but it was also a fatal. Right, so the medical means, examiner is yes. on the scene. So, right. Which means it's even going to take, they're going to be investigating this, they're going to be looking through this. That takes a long time to investigate. So this scene will likely be blocked. I don't want to guess, but you can expect it to be blocked for the next several hours. And and we know we are repeating ourselves, but what happens with radio listening is there are some of you that turn on WTMJ when you wake up at 5.30 in the morning and you leave WTMJ on until you go to sleep at 11.30 at night. And to those of you, we say thank you. We appreciate it. But other people, believe it or not, they come in and out. And we, we know this. There's some people that, you know, weren't listening 10 or 15 minutes ago. They, they turn it on. And so that's why we're going to continue to tell you that just stay away from I-94 in Racine County for the foreseeable future. If you've got to go north and south, plan an alternative route. And our advice is, if you think that just I'm going to take a frontage road, well, th- those frontage roads are jammed as well. Go west. That would be my advice. And, you know, go several miles west and figure out a way to navigate down because this this is the real thing when it comes to problems. Eric, hey, before you leave, do you remember do you remember the name Johnny Thomas? You remember who Johnny Thomas was? Johnny Thomas. Johnny uh, Thomas. Okay, let me do no. he was an up he was a Milwaukee County supervisor, elected in two thousand eight, an African American supervisor who was one of these rising stars. I mean, a lot of people thought Johnny Thomas was that the sky's the limit for Johnny Thomas. You know, he's not going to just stop as a as a county supervisor. This is a guy who could be the mayor of Milwaukee, he could be in the assembly, could be in the state senate, and all. He was the guy. His career came to a crashing halt in 2012 when the DA's office charged him with bribery. I don't know if you, I mean it's it's a it's an interesting story because he the, the DA's office charged him with bribery and the allegations were it involved a guy a lawyer for the county who who it's it's still a little bit unclear why they t- they targeted Thomas but the allegations were then that they had this meeting in a restaurant and um the lawyer slipped him an envelope with $500 in cash and he took the envelope and this thing was recorded uh, in any event, and then ultimately the prosecutors, you know, found the found the cash and they charged him. He was acquitted in in less than ninety minutes. It, the case completely and totally fell apart, and it was one that a lot of us who watched at the time couldn't quite figure out what was going on. It was just a strange case from beginning to end, and it was one of those where 
if you watch the prosecution, you had a pretty good idea that it was going to fail. number of people thought that this was kind of a politically motivated prosecution to, you know, end Thomas's career. It, it effectively did end Johnny Thomas's career. Um, he, in 2016, he tried to make a comeback. He ran for city comptroller, which is... The, the position I think that the people thought he was looking for in 2012, he ran, he lost. And so his political career was pretty much ended by, even though despite that he was, the fact that he was acquitted, it, it, it kind of much, kind of done him, had done him in. He's now back in the news because he's been charged with fourth degree sexual assault and disorderly conduct. Um, so he's, he, he's apparently now, he's, you know, working for he's working for the the government um in in a, he's uh, he's an accountant at the US Department of Veterans Affairs in Milwaukee right so he's he's an accountant not necessarily his high profile sort of thing what the allegations are is that he is accused of touching the breasts of a coworker without consent while the two were having lunch at the Veterans Affairs Office on March 11th. The co-worker said she did not inform her supervisor for fear of a fight at her workplace. A second woman said she was having a conversation with Thomas in a hallway at the office when he asked, did you wear that dress for me? He then unzipped her dress a couple of inches, exposing her chest while he rubbed against her breasts, the complaint said. The woman said she immediately contacted her supervisor. Eric Bilsett, you're just looking at me with a look. Uh, it's like, what do you say, huh? Right. The gumption. I, my gosh. Well, I mean, right. assuming for the sake of argument that these allegations are correct, <laughs> I mean, I've been in a workplace my entire life. It would never occur to me to go up to one of my female coworkers and unzip their dress. I, again, assuming these allegations are, are correct. And, I, you know, it's, it's just – but the whole thing is just – Bizarre. Um, let's see. These are misdemeanors. Ten thousand dollar fine and nine months in jail. Um, disorderly conduct as well. But I, you know, apparently, I mean, he's he's entered. I think he's either has or is going to enter a not guilty plea. But this is just an, another. It's just a bizarre step in in a very bizarre situation. Because, like I say, Johnny Thomas was a rising star after he was elected in two thousand eight, and I I remember because this is. I, I, I don't want to say I knew him well, but we were. That was back when you know, I was doing the daily TV stuff and all. And, and he was a, he was a guest. He was one of those. He was one of the guys that TV would go to when you you know wanted somebody to talk about current issues. And he was a liberal, and that that's all fine. And and it really was. It was kind of a crash and burn end to a political career when he got indicted on these public corruption charges. And despite the fact that he was acquitted, and I will tell you this, I don't know what the facts. I don't know whether he was. I, I don't know what exactly happened between him and the attorney that day. I, I did think that the prosecution was very, very flawed, and I wasn't surprised at all by the not guilty verdict. But the mere fact that he got charged with public corruption, you know, that did in his career. And I think a lot of people thought it was kind of unfair that it ended that way. But, you know, this is the latest development in this case. So when you see the story and you think, Johnny Thomas, what, what's the background of that? I mean, it's a rising star whose career crashed and burned. It's 117. This is Jeff Wagner. When we come back, how big is too big? Stick around. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All right, a couple weeks ago, we told you the story of this guy who runs a Camping World 
store in North Carolina. Now, think about Camping World. Think about the Camping World, for example, that's located north on I-43 at the Sockville exit. And, and you can tell it's a Camping World store because it's got a giant American flag like 40 by 80. It's one of the defining things. It, it's one of the biggest American flags that, that I have seen in the state, with possibly the exception of the giant American flag a little bit further north at Acuity Insurance. But it's a big American flag. And this is one of the kind of trademarks that you have at Camping World, all right? And and I know when I drive by an I-43 and I see the flag, oh, that that's, that's kind of nice, but it's one of their trademarks. All right. Guy who owns one of the Camping World franchises in North Carolina, Statesville, North Carolina. He's been flying one of those big flags, 40 by 80. All right, there is a local ordinance which says that you can't have a flag bigger than 25 by 40. And doesn't matter whether it's an American flag or not. It says you, you can't have one of those. So the, the local city council said you got to take down the flag. And the guy that runs Camping World said, I'm not taking down the flag. This is, first of all, it's an American flag. I should be able to fly as big an American flag as I want unless you can show me that it's causing some sort of problem. Um, and nobody argues that it's causing a problem. So what happens is this story goes national. We've talked, we talked about it on one, maybe two occasions over the last several weeks. And he gets all sorts of attention nationwide. The planning commission in Statesville, North Carolina says, you know what? We've taken a look at these rules, and, and we don't think there's any reason why, out on the highway where you are, you shouldn't be able to have a larger flag. So they draw up a new ordinance, which says 40 by 80 is okay. They put in some restrictions with regard to um, the, the flagpole, and you know you have to make sure the flagpole you know meets these different standards because you don't want the giant flag coming down. But they say, okay, this is the new ordinance. We will let you fly the flag. Everybody seemed to think the problem was going to go away until earlier this week when it goes back in front of the Common Council. And by a vote of 5-3, the Common Council says, no, we're not going to change the ordinance. You can't have the big American flag. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I swear there are some things that I just don't understand, and this is one of them. If the guy wants to fly the big American flag, and there's no evidence or no indication that in the area where he's doing it, which is kind of out by the highway, I mean, think I-43 in Sockville, if there's no evidence at all that it's a harm, it's harmful or it's a distraction or it's bothering anybody, why the Common Council would not agree to make this change is simply beyond me. Now, the man, he says, I'm, I'm not taking this down. You want to find me? Find me. That's fine. Go ahead and try to do it. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If the business wants to fly a 40 by 80 foot American flag, shouldn't they be able to do it? And is this really an example of some members of the Common Council who maybe got embarrassed because they were made to look foolish during this national debate 
now simply saying we're going to dig in our heels and and just kind of step in. You know, we're going to take our ball and we're going to go home. 414-799-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, if you want to be able, as far as I am concerned, if you want to be able to fly a large American flag by the freeway and it's not a distraction and it's not going to be a hazard, I think you should be able to do it, and I think it's silly for a local community to try to block that. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Welcome back. Yeah, Tony's was just saying the Racine County Medical Examiner now confirming two people killed in the uh, incident on the freeway. Multiple people were injured. Apparently, the, the Flight for Life helicopter wasn't able to fly because of weather conditions, so um, they sent um, they sent ambulances. Just awful. We will continue to keep you posted, but again, for the foreseeable future, if your plans include trying to drive south on I forty on an I ninety four through Racine County, just don't. You got to change your plans. Go go to the west. Find alternative routes because again, especially given the nature of this, given the extent of the the damage, the freeway to the freeway and to the semis, and the fact that now it's a death investigation, you just uh, it's. I my guess is it's going to be several more hours. All right. We we have talked in the past about how, at least in this one area, I, I am becoming a dinosaur, and I freely acknowledge it. I I still pay for a lot of stuff with cash. Now, I understand that a lot of people don't. My producer, grew always looks at me like, you know, why, why do you carry cash, old-timer, right? Is that, that kind of a fair thing? I have zero dollars in my wallet. All right, you have zero dollars in your wallet. So if on the way home... You decide you you know you you want to go through like a, a fast food place and pick up an order of French fries and a soda. You're going to put that on a credit card, uh, a debit card, but yes, yeah, on card. a card. You're going to put it on some sort of card. On a card, yeah. No cash at all. Zero dollars. All right. Um, are there exceptions to that? I assume, like if you go to, for example, the Brewers game, you might have a little bit of money if you want to buy a beer. Gotta have money for like Brewers game, or when I go, uh, like Kaylee and I go out for dinner or something, I like to tip with cash. Okay. So in but, other but, other instances, not typically. But but otherwise, okay. So you're typically not going to have cash. Well, all right. There's a new study out that says that, and I guess I find this interesting that typical Americans. All right. of U.S. adults answering this particular Pew survey that I'm looking at say that they make no purchases using cash during a typical week. 30% of all Americans use no cash. So that's out there. And then, of course, there's a, a larger percentage who, you know, will use small amounts of cash from time to time. You're going to the Brewers game, you might want to buy a beer in the stands, they don't take credit cards, so you got to have cash for that. But more and more people just aren't using cash. Now, here's the interesting thing. You might have heard over the weekend that they had a problem at Target stores across the, the country. And the, the, the register, there was, I, I don't know if it was a cyber attack or just a, a failure of the registers, but but Target was essentially shut down because what what happened is at least on the first day, what happened was that that they just the the, the whole computer system shut down and the the Target registers got taken out and you you couldn't pay with anything couldn't take plastic wouldn't take cash wouldn't do anything. The second day there was a similar sort of instance. 
but it, it only referred to it only referred to the credit card. So if you were at Target, you could, and you had cash, you could still go ahead and buy your stuff. Or, you know, alternatively, you could write a check. But I don't think there's too many people that write checks nowadays. So the, the point of this was there could be a purpose for carrying cash. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Do you still carry and use cash for regular sort of things? All right. You're going to go get your haircut. Do you carry cash for that? Now, I understand that, you know, for larger purposes and purchases, you know, a lot of people would, would use credit cards. If I was going to go make a larger purchase, yes, I would do it. Do I have credit cards? Yes. I use credit cards if I'm going to the gas pump. I go to the self-service pump. You put the credit card in. But when it comes to going out for like a, a regularly priced dinner, I admit I, I pay cash. If I'm going into through the drive through lane at the, the Burger Doodle, I'm going to pay cash for that uh, unless unless it's over a certain dollar amount, and I don't know what exactly that dollar amount would be in, but for certainly purchases under 20 bucks or so, I, I'm going to be using cash. I'm not going to be pulling out my credit card to do it. I do get the idea, though, that I am in the minority when it comes to this, and the fact Maybe this is one of these examples of, hey, you're, you're going to be a dinosaur. I don't know if there's going to be too many people like me moving forward, you know, even in a couple years. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. This isn't a question of businesses choosing to take cash or not. The issue is, are we simply eliminating cash from our repertoire? Again, it wouldn't occur to me to walk into a, a coffee shop or a, or a bagel store and, and order a bagel and a cup of coffee and it comes out to $4.30. It wouldn't occur to me to put it on the credit card. And I know, I know that when I do that, I'm losing the points and stuff like that, but it's just, okay, here, here's the five bucks. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Are, are we going to be cashless soon? And do you get do you get by without using cash? Anne in Whitefish Bay. Anne, you're first. Good afternoon. Hi, how you doing? I am well, thank you. But I still have a bunch of cash. Zero. I carry zero. None at all. Well, maybe I might have a few bucks. But I was telling your um, caller that I we use the Southwest credit card, so we try to use the credit card for every single purchase: coffee, McDonald's small things, everything, because that way you earn more points and more free, free flights and the companion pass. So it's all about using it whenever we can. Do you – all right. So, I mean, I understand why you use it. Will, will you go out without cash? No, like the other guy said, if we're going to a brewer's game where you know you might want to right. buy one while you're sitting, we do have to have cash, but I would try to go out and buy it and use my credit card. Right. But, okay, but as a general rule, if, if you're, all right, let, let's say you've got some errands to run today, so you're going to get in the car and you go run those errands. Are, are you going to have, are you going to have cash in your wallet or your pocket or your purse? No, I've gone a full week without having really? any $1. <laughs> really? See, it. You know, my wife is kind of like you, and it drives me sort of crazy because, for example, she was taking her grandson out to, to, to Madison for, for the day on Monday, and she didn't have any cash. I said, no, you know, you, she said, well, I can use credit cards. I said, no, here's $100. Take 100 I gave her 520s because I, I couldn't stand the idea that something would happen and she might not be able to pay for it with the credit cards. But 
I don't know. It's well, I, I mean, I, my kids need cash. I say, sorry, I don't have any. So, <laughs> but thanks, Nicole. Well, that 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 is that is a way that like, that's a way that's out of that. I, I guess. See, I mean, I understand wanting to use the credit cards and things like that. I guess part of my concern would be if you ever do get into that emergency situation where I don't know, you, you know, you're at a place that only takes cash. I. Uh, all right, Sunday evening we were thinking we 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 were at the for Father's Day we were at the Arlington Racetrack. There there's a restaurant that sometimes we go to. We ended up not going to it on Sunday. It only takes cash. I was going on the website. I mean, it only takes cash. I guess I'm thinking, all, all right, you know, how do people who don't carry cash? Now I'm not saying you have to walk around with a thousand bucks in your pocket, but really, Sue in Cedarburg. Hi, Sue. You're on WTMJ. Hi. I haven't carried cash in 25 years. I have everything on a credit card, and the only thing you don't pay with the credit card is the credit card bill. And that we call in, and that gets directly um, assigned to our checking account. But absolutely not. The only car- cash I have in my car right now is my quarter for all these to get my cart. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So you, so you, you go to you go to meet a friend of yours at the coffee shop, and your your coffee is a buck fifty or something like that. You're you're not giving them cash. You're just paying for it on the credit card. You got it. I go to McDonald's and buy an ice cream cone, and I give them my credit card. And the last time, I think it was sixty-two cents. Sixty-two I, cents. Okay. I don't carry any cash. I don't carry a purse. I had my purse stolen maybe 25 years ago. They tried to steal my purse. I haven't carried a purse in 25 years. <laughs> okay. I just carry my credit card. That's all I need. And you've been oh, thanks. Well, and you you've been able to to get by with it. I appreciate that. Shane and Oshkosh. Shane, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yes, Jeff. sir. Long time listener. So I I don't use any cash at all. Uh, I use all cash. I'm okay. Sorry. So right. I use all all cash uh, system. I divide it up into envelopes, and I use that for my gas. I use that for my food, and also just don't use credit cards at all either. Well, I, mean, I okay. I know actually one of my colleagues here doesn't have credit cards, and I'm, I, I'm not sure I quite understand that because how do you? I, I mean, so do, do you not order stuff online, for example, because you pretty much need a credit card to do that? I do. I just use a debit card. Oh, okay. All right. No, so no, if, no. if you're gonna so if you're gonna make, for example, plane, you're gonna fly somewhere. You're gonna make plane reservations or hotel reservations or something like that. That would be the occasion you would use the debit card. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Yep. But in general, you know, you and I go out to dinner and we decide we're gonna split the check. You're you're paying either with a debit card or you might even be paying with cash. Correct. That's exactly it. And I'm kind of the oddball out with my friends. They kind of look at me a little bit strange and a little bit funny when I give them cash. I well, right? No, it's, it's no. I I understand. No, I th- no. Thanks. For, no, I I understand exactly what you mean. I I owe. Uh, we went to the Paul McCartney concert a couple weeks ago, and I owe my best friend for our two tickets, less the cost of the bus that we took up there. So, I mean, I I think I owe him. I think the way it all works out is after you calculate everything, I owe Evan two hundred eighty bucks, and I'm going to see him tomorrow night, and he's going to get two hundred eighty bucks in cash. That's don't spend it all in one place. Jim in Waterford, Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, how's it going? Real well, thank you. Okay, are, are we dinosaurs if we carry cash? Uh, no. <laughs> I carry about forty to fifty bucks in my wallet, and anything over a hundred bucks, I'll use my credit card. Yeah. And then pay it off right away, so my oh, yeah. credit rating keeps going up. Oh, oh yeah, it. yeah. Okay, but so so you're you go through the the Burger Doodle drive through thing. It comes to three dollars and fifty cents for your breakfast sandwich yeah. and your coffee. You're paying cash for that. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, me oh, too. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, thank, me too. And I, I, and I guess, and I'm, I'm trying to wrestle with why I do it because I, I understand. I mean, I appreciate what our first couple callers were saying. You know, you get the points and then you get the bonuses, whether it's the, you know, quicker airfare or, you know, the cash back or whatever. It's just, maybe I'm just kind of old school when it comes to that. This is Jeff Wagner. This is Jeff Wagner. Well, I'm just about out of time. We've got an early out today because the Brewers tried to salvage one game in their three-game series against San Diego. They are, what, 2-5 and five on this road trip playing uninspired baseball. But still, because the Cubs keep losing, they're a half game ahead of Chicago. So hopefully they can turn it around today. I do keep waiting for when the general manager is going to realize that sending down that second baseman they could hit was a huge mistake. I think a lot of games when you continue to only score one run or get shut out, maybe that will make that decision more apparent. In any event, you can listen to the Brewers this afternoon. I am back 12 noon tomorrow when we do this all again.